The number of students in North Country schools has been declining for decades. So some school districts have had to merge. And when they do, they face this vexing question. Which school do they merge to? Or do they build a whole new school? That's the question voters in Westport and Elizabethtown will decide on Thursday. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from the St. Lawrence County Community Development Program, now accepting applications for the Head Start program to prepare children ages 3 to 5 for school, online at slccdp.org slash head dash start. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, February 13th. Let's get right to the story because we have a bonus Valentine's Day love story set in the Adirondacks. It's coming up. The fate of a school district in Essex County is in the hands of local voters this week. On the ballot is whether to move students out of Westport and Elizabethtown and into a brand new school five miles up the road in Lewis. All three towns merged into one district years ago due to declining enrollment. Thursday's vote for a new school in Lewis could put taxpayers on the hook for more than $60 million. Emily Russell reports. The public school in Westport has a kind of classic look to it. It's brick, built about 90 years ago. It's right in the center of town. But teachers here say the school is outdated, even dangerous. Um, So this is one of the classrooms that has the lead in the water. That's Amy Welch. She teaches first grade here in Westport. We all have um, signs that say hand washing only, not intended for drinking use. Welch is giving a tour to some local journalists, school officials, and state politicians. We walk through classrooms, down to the library, over to the gym. Once we're up in the second floor hallway, she points to the big water stains on the ceiling. That's where water dripped down the last time it rained. This whole floor was covered. Um, Ceiling tiles were falling down. This room, you can see if you walk in this little tiny room, look up, you can see where more water was coming through. Um, This school needs millions of dollars in work. But expensive capital improvement projects have been put on hold. That's because this school in Westport and the one in neighboring Elizabethtown have been in the process of merging. Decades ago, there were about 730 students in the area. Now there's about half that. So merging made financial sense. The next step was to consolidate the two schools under one roof. That hasn't happened yet. Josh Meyer is the superintendent of the merged district, which is now known as Boquet Valley. Even if we fix all the floors, we fix all the windows, fix all the doors, you know, all these things, that's such a massive amount of money, and you still have... You know, going on 90-year-old plumbing, 90-year-old electrical, you know, all this other stuff that it just doesn't make sense to drop that kind of money. The school in Elizabethtown isn't as old as this one in Westport, but it could still cost up to $54 million in upgrades to accommodate every student in the district. Alternatively, building a brand new school in nearby Lewis would cost $66 million. That's the option many school officials like Meyer are hoping for. If you look at the plans for the new building, there's really nothing extravagant. You know, we're just talking about classrooms, uh, spaces for um, auditorium, gymnasium, centralized office spaces. It's actually a smaller footprint than the two schools combined. In the new school in Lewis, there would be about 50 classrooms, two gyms, and a computer lab. 
It would also have a bus garage and all the district's sports fields, which neither Westport nor Elizabethtown campuses have. Plus, Meyer says, these days, the state requires schools to have more specialized programs and staff, which all need their own space. We have far more special education classrooms than we used to. We have far more counselors and uh, psychologists and mental health services than we used to. We have a tremendous number of students who get one-on-one testing accommodations, and all these things require space. But building all that here in the Adirondacks, that requires a lot of money. If the new school in Lewis is approved, local taxpayers would be on the hook for more than $60 million over the next three decades. Some locals, like Carolyn Vanderhoof from Westport, say they're worried about shouldering that financial burden. As a senior, I cannot afford a serious tax increase, which probably both solutions will create a tax increase. But I think a $64 million debt in this day and age that could bloom and blossom and who knows what happens. Vanderhoof voted against the school merger back in 2018. She says she'll also vote against building a new school in Lewis. Vanderhoof owns an art studio in downtown Westport. She worries about the impact of closing both the Westport and the Elizabethtown schools. They are good, small community schools. When you're taking kids on buses outside their community, it changes the ballgame. In 2018, the decision to merge schools came down to a margin of less than 300 votes. So the proposal to build a $66 million new school could be just as close. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio, Westport. The vote on the proposed new school in Lewis is this Thursday. Local voters in Lewis, Elizabethtown, and Westport can cast their ballots at the school in Westport from noon until 8 p.m. on Thursday. For over a century, for many visitors and hikers to the Adirondacks, the Adirondack Lodge on Hart Lake has been an entry point to the high peaks. But if you ever wondered why it's called Hart Lake, it turns out there is a heartbreaking love story there. Amy Feireisel has more. In 1877, Henry Van Hovenberg came to the Adirondacks for the first time. He grew up in Troy and was something of a self-taught electrical genius. He was a telegraph operator and held over 100 patents for various electrical technologies. That's Maggie Newell, the Adirondack Mountain Club's outreach manager. She tells a lot of stories, including this one, about the history of the Adirondack Lodge. Henry is our protagonist uh, in Troy, New York, where he starts coming down with a case of hay fever. With all the industrialization in cities at the time, there's a lot of pollution and folks would come to the Adirondacks for that clean mountain air. Henry was 28 years old and spent the summer of 1877 exploring the high peaks. One fateful day, he hiked Mount Marcy with a group of other young people, including a woman named Josephine Schofield. Josephine uh, was from Brooklyn, seemed to be from a little bit of a wealthier background, and came to the Adirondacks uh, because she had tuberculosis. On that hike, or so the legend goes, Henry and Josephine only had eyes for each other. And by the time they got to the summit, they'd fallen in love. So they look out across the Adirondack landscape and spy a glittering pond in the distance, and they agree that that's where they want to make their home together here in the Adirondacks. Short courtship. 
but it never happened. The lovers parted ways, and Josephine returned home to Brooklyn. The rest of the story gets fuzzy. Newell says that in some retellings, Josephine was engaged to another man. In others, her wealthy father forbids her to return to Henry, and she throws herself off Niagara Falls. Others dispute that story and say that she just went home to her family. Maybe she wasn't as enthralled with Henry as Henry was with her. Either way, it is believed that she did not survive too much longer than that time and died within the year. More probably, she succumbed to her illness and passed away from tuberculosis. What we do know is that the heartbroken Henry Van Hovenberg bought the square mile of land surrounding what was then called Clear Lake, renamed it Heart Lake, and started building. He channels all that heartbreak into constructing the original Adirondack Lodge. Henry Van Hovenberg also developed a huge network of about 50 miles of trails around the lodge, making the region a lot more accessible to the everyday visitor. And it was in this era we kind of started to see the transition from, uh, and then Henry started to build trails wider, identifying scenic spots for trails to go past, which really made it easier for folks to get out into the, onto the trail, into the woods without a guide. Henry Van Hovenberg devoted his life to those trails and the lodge, and he never married. But he did rename a nearby mountain after his lost love. The bear became Mount Joe. And years after his death in 1932, when the Winter Olympics came to Lake Placid, Henry also got a mountain named after him. They renamed what used to be called South Mountain, Mount Van Hovenberg, after Henry Van Hovenberg. Uh, which is right next to Mount Joe and has a beautiful view. So Henry and Josephine did end up forever together in the Adirondack landscape. Maggie Newell often tells this story on Wednesday nights at the Adirondack Lodge, which is the night Henry would tell stories to visitors over 100 years ago. Amy Feireisel, North Country Public Radio. This love story was suggested by Tom Duffy through NCPR's Texting Club when we asked for love story ideas last month. Music today by Christopher Watts of Canton and Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.